This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I'm so excited to speak with Jared Sumner, who is a traveling storyteller and the owner of Brand Tabulous. I was fortunate enough to meet Jared during my time in Roseville, Minnesota with the Tourism Board and was impressed by his storytelling skills and personality. Jared is a proud resident of Minnesota and the creative director of Rose and Loon, a makers collective that provides space for creatives to showcase their work. Jared travels around the Great Plains and Great Lakes to find the most incredible creators to showcase in Rose and Loon. Listen on to find out how great storytelling can elevate your brand. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this interview. I am here with Jared. Hey Jared, how are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because we met in Minnesota in Roseville when I was there with the incredible tourism board. So can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. First, I settled in Minnesota from Kansas City. So how I decided I could handle these winters, I'm not quite sure, but I'm here. We've been here 20 years uh, and we love it. I started in theater and came to the cities uh, for grad school and have had many paths, uh, offbeat life paths, I guess, but really kind of took my theater background into storytelling. So it can apply to many things. I worked at the aquarium at the Mall of America. I don't know if you got under there while you were here, but it's an amazing place. And I, I talked about how people should talk about animals. And now I talk about how people should talk about Makers. So uh, makers, animals are kind of all the the same beast, I guess. That's really incredible. All of the different things that you've done with your life and meeting you in person, you're very animated and I can definitely see why it has led you here. So when I was in Roseville, I met you in Rose and Loon and you really impressed me. You have a very dynamic personality and you are definitely a storyteller. So can you tell us a little bit more about your role for Rose? Rose and Loon, and why it's such a special place. Uh, Rose and Loon is a maker collective of right now 44 makers from the Great Plains to the Great Lakes. So they're not all from Minnesota, and we get to go out to other cities and other states and look for people that are doing their passion uh, and living their offbeat lives tomorrow from you. Rose and Loon is a, a great retail space full of storytelling. You can pick up any item in there, and and the staff will tell you, more about the maker and what it's made from and how it's made and where it's made. And it's just a a great space. We have a great demo area. So if you're uh, around town, you can see what's happening there. We always have makers in there or or our own crafts going on. So it's just a great place for makers of all sizes to have a place where they don't have to stand around and talk about what they do. But we have other great storytellers in place to do that. It's been a thrill to work on. I'm the creative director, so I was able to pick this collective of makers that are in there and continue to tell the story of the store as I'm doing with you and as I get to do all over the country. But I love it. So we have a mix of legacy brands that have been doing what they do for hundreds of years. 
uh, here in the state and beyond. And then we have great makers that are still struggling after they get the kids to bed and doing what they need to do uh, in the dark of the night. It's really wonderful to see that you highlight these incredible creators. And it's true. There's so many things that you have to do as a person who creates things. And to have someone like you, Jared, to really market the work that they do is pretty incredible. Now, what has been the most interesting part of your job? It's an honor to meet these makers and to hear their stories. And I have always felt blessed in my career and in my path. And even when I meet someone on the bus that people open up to me uh, really quickly. And it's interesting when I can kind of tell them my version of their story back and they don't remember little tidbits that they told me and why is that important to their story. And, you know, just knowing that we have a great maker that's in there that's a nurse, a, a psychiatric nurse, and he uses his woodworking to kind of get everything off of him before he sees his family. So just knowing that these makers are passionate about multiple things in their lives, including whatever goods they may have on the shelves of Rose and Loon. People come to the creative path for many reasons. Sometimes it is that outlet of they just can't handle the corporate life or the corporate struggle that people put on them, but it's just a really great place. And it's just been an honor to meet these 44 makers that are at Rosaloon, but certainly the hundreds that I get to meet every day all around the country. Now, has there anyone that really stood out to you in terms of the creators that you've met throughout these years? It's a mix. It's really how and why people come to making something. You know, I believe that everyone is creative. I think you just have used and unused creativity. It's not that someone just can't be creative. I think sometimes somewhere in their life, somebody said, you know, you can't sing, you can't dance. That's not really painting. So I think what really thrills me is when people rediscover their creativity later in life. And these makers, you know, it can be as simple as they've always considered themselves a baker and they bake at the holidays and people then say, well, you should sell these. And they start selling them at a farmer's market and then they end up having bakery or multiple bakeries and food trucks and all because finally somewhere in their lives, someone told them, you make a good cookie. I think the ones that blossom and have a little more struggle to it are just as fascinating and touch me just as much. But but people are always trying to provide for the ones that they love, but feel good about the work that they do. And so it's been a thrill to hear their stories. I always go back to the story. And I, I always think that when you're out and about and you're at a farmer's market or you're uh, at a gift boutique or something and you're in front of a maker, you should ask them why they do what they do because they want to tell their story and they love that people have interest in them. That's what the, makes the world go around is stories. And I also love the fact, Jared, that when we were in Rosen Loon, I mean, if anyone has ever been there, if you've never been there, definitely check out their website. And also if you get the chance, go to the store itself, is that all the work and the craftsmanship are so incredible. But on top of that, because like you said, the story behind it is even more incredible. Putting them two together has just made this even more special. Thank you. You know, I think when people think about shopping local, they think that it has to be in the shape of the state where they live or the state <laughs> that they bought it. And it's not about that anymore. It's really, you know, cities have great 
fashion scenes and great woodworking scenes and jewelry making that people may not even know about if it's not in the shape of Minnesota and someone else <laughs> had it on. So that's really it. You know, that's the difference between mass produced goods and small batch goods. They can take the time for the detail. Their stitches are a little tighter. They, they just take the time because I always believe that if you buy good things, you buy them for a lifetime. You know, and this whole thing right now with purging and Marie Kondo and all that and, and paring down your life, I, I, that's never going to work for me because everything <laughs> that I have brings me great joy because when I touch it and I hold it, I know that it was held by a maker and, and they created this. And, and, you know, many times they created it, especially for me, and I could never part with it. So, you know, when people say about buying the things that, that bring you joy, I think you should look back at the chain of how it was made and if it brought somebody joy in the making of it, then it absolutely should bring joy to your life. And it's really about quality, not quantity, right? And I think there's a lot of people that do a lot of purging is because we purchase in quantity, not necessarily quality. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. So let's go back, Jared, to your life. How did you get from theater to becoming a creative director to this incredible place? What has that transition been like for you? Well, I kind of had a freak out moment. I met my husband 25 years ago, right as I was graduating with a theater performance and criticism degree. And uh, you go off. To... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. A criticism degree? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Dramatic. I know. I'm really shady. <laughs> Dramatic theory and criticism. So looking at, you know, I could be a theater critic. I could be um, a dramaturg. And a dramaturg is someone that works with a production team to make sure that things are historically accurate. So that's kind of the path that I was going to go along. But I paid for my schooling being an actor. And I just kind of had one of those moments. I had great offers on the table to go to grad school as an actor. And I thought, wow, I just don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life. And then when I turned 40, I decided I wanted to act again. So I did a couple of shows and some commercials and still do commercials up here in Minnesota. But I just think that my talents were better suited to not be on stage. I, I think I could reach people on a more intimate level doing what I do now. And I, I love it. You know, people always say, oh, do you do marketing or do you do PR? And it's kind of a combination of all of that. But when I really sit knee to knee with someone and hear their story or I get to go in there kitchen with them and cook with them, or I get to go in the wood shop and see how they do it. That's just an amazing experience for me. And I can kind of take it all in and put out their story. You know, I've had uh, some great adventures. I've gone bug hunting in Alabama, of all places. I've been able to cook matzo ball soup with a 106-year-old Jewish grandmother. And I just love it. I just really love what I get to do. It's storytelling in a different way for you, but it still fits you so well, your personality and everything. Now, talking about all of these different things, you've traveled around the country to find all of these creatives. What has been the most interesting activity that you've done with some of these creators? <laughs> well, I'm not an outdoors person. I, I love the idea of thinking I am and I'll pull over and take a picture of a nice sunset or something like that. But I spoke at a soap makers conference to 500 people that make soap and cosmetics, which is an incredible industry. When you think about, you know, they're using, this is a good story, you know, like 
if you buy soap at a farmer's market and it's made out of goat milk, and then the next chapter that you hear is the lady that makes the soap uh, gets to milk the goats and the goats are all named for her grandkids. And I mean, that's how the story builds and builds and builds. And so there was a great soap maker that believes in pollination. They're bug people. Her husband is a director of entomology down in Alabama. And she said, come down and talk to us about our soap and called arthropod apothecary. And she said, come down, talk to us about our soap and we'll take you bug hunting. And I did it. And we went out in the dark at night and flipped over, flipped over logs. And I mean, you just don't don't know what's out there in your own backyard or in the wild. They had these stick bugs that I, you know, I let things crawl on me and I let things, <laughs> and it was amazing. And, and since that experience, I've kind of thought a little more about out there in the wild and how important they are to, to everything that we do, you know, bugs and, and bees pop or pollinate. I guess uh, everything from the, the beer and spirits that we drink to the food, to the to everything. So that was a really big adventure for me uh, out of my comfort zone. Uh, I'm much more comfortable in, in a nice photo studio doing something or in a <laughs> kitchen. But again, it's just about taking the opportunities that are in front of you, even if they're not, as you would say, on the path that you might think that you should be on, the, the off-season path. I think you'll always have a good story to tell after you've done that. And sometimes a, a great memory or a great bar of soap or a sweatshirt or whatever you you get out of it. And this is exactly why I think you have the most fascinating job. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because you can go from a photo studio to the dead of night in the middle of the forest looking for bugs. <laughs> yep. Yeah, these people that say like, like this is going to be my year of yes, I'm going to take every opportunity I can. And I always think like, I guess I just live a life of yes because <laughs> I'm always going somewhere making something crazy or or writing something and I just think that you cannot be trapped by any fear that you put on yourself or feel that notion that what somebody else is going to think of you just have fun that's what it's about and learning I think that everybody should always be learning whether it's just reading of other other places or actually doing something with your hands, I think that's what it's about. Have you ever been faced with a setback? And what was the biggest one? And how did you get over it? I think it's how you judge setback or what qualifies as a setback. We've certainly had some personal times in our lives that weren't always the happiest. That's kind of how I shifted what I do. Ten years ago, Michael, my husband's mother, got sick with cancer. And she. we went down to Kansas City from Minnesota and we were with her for 10 months from February until December. And at that point, we had clients like Disney World and WWE wrestling and big client. And when we came back after her death, it was kind of the start of the maker revolution. I realized that I could help people, not just big companies with their storytelling. And I went into to the gym and there was a meat shop next to the gym. And I just like, I loved his meat and I loved the guy, but I hated his signage and I hated just the store. And I went in there one day and I was like, you need to change this and you need to change that. And he said, well, what are you going to do about it? I said, I'll change it. And the next day I took him a new signage and signed him up for Facebook. And that was kind of that client where he had a great story. He was a retired butcher from a grocery store chain and always wanted his own meat store. And it was kind of the first time that I realized on a maker level that I could take everything that I'd done with bigger brands 
and do it with one person or a much smaller store. And so the setback was certainly just that head scratch of, what do we do now? We lost his mom. He was in a bad place. We'd really been out of the, the work scene for 10 months. And that was kind of the shift of my business. So that's kind of a setback, but everything that came was right. So get frustrated and sad and angry if I think a client isn't happy with the way something's going. But I believe, you know, I go by two things in life and two things in, in my business. Um, I do what I say I'm going to do because then no one can say that you didn't do something. And if you don't do what you say you're going to do, that's your fault and the results <laughs> might show. And I believe that you always tell the truth um, because if you lie, you always have to remember what you told somebody. And so those are the two things that get me get me along. So if I have a setback, I always can kind of go through my mind and say, well, this could have gone differently. But you know, I did what I said I was going to do. And I feel good about it. Yeah. And you're so happy. That's another thing that really stood out about you is just so happy. You have this glow about you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love what I do. And I'm glad that it shows. Thank you. So let's fast forward to 30, 40 years from now, and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? Two things. I really am going to start looking at writing a book <laughs> this year. And I really would like my legacy to be a record of the people that I worked with. So some sort of, you know, that I've created and had my hand in some really great legacy brands at that point that have been around for for 30 or 40 years or longer. And I really want to give people the tools to tell their story. You know, there's a lot of books and a lot of programs and a lot of people out there that will help you figure it out for yourself, but how you present it to someone else is a big challenge. So I, I hope Rose and Loon is still going strong and I hope that I've had my hand in, in other great retail operations. But at the end of the day, I want my work to be through the makers that I worked with and, and the legacies that they're leaving and giving people the tools to tell their own story, whether it be they're producing their own goods as a maker or at any level. Now let's get to some fun questions, Jared. Some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing inspiring people like you and hiking. Not sure about bugs though, but <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What do you nerd out on? I always go back to music. It's so funny that we're doing this podcast because I just I'm speaking here in the cities next month about storytelling and they gave me this questionnaire and it just scared the crap out of me because it was just <laughs> so like, what is your personal style? And I thought, I don't know that I have a personal style and what is this and what is that? And and I really had a good think about things. So what you're asking now is still a head scratcher for me, but I think I nerd out over music because I always find music inspiring. I always have some music on around me when I'm working. With my theater background, I, of course, I love a good show tune. Um, <laughs> and I think that they really can, can set your day on the right path, for sure. The other place that I geek out and turn things, like turn the world off, I'm a total like bath person, shower person, love bath bombs and shower steamers and all that <laughs> stuff. So, so but I, I, I'm a simple nerd. I still like a good cup of coffee and a good book to read or a great podcast. It's like a stress reliever going into really relaxing bath, watching a good musical or movie or reading a good book. Those are really good relaxing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
People always say like, oh, you're always going everywhere and you're always so busy. And and I always think, well, I guess I am. I guess no one else, you know, everyone else is home watching TV and I'm still out at nine o'clock in a wood shop in the middle of Minnesota or wherever. So I'm really trying to find those ways to relax. Yeah, that's important. I love the way you travel too, because there's also a purpose to it. You know, you're seeing the places, but you're also meeting the people there and the locals, which gives it an even more personal and really amazing journey to be in. Here's a good offbeat path. So on our way to Kansas from Minnesota, there's, you know, convenience stores along the way. And one time I would always buy these cookies and I love these cookies. They said, oh, the lady, she's coming to drop them off. She'll be here in 15 minutes. And so then <laughs> we waited 15 minutes to meet her and then come to find out she had a bakery down the road. So we drove to her bakery and like, so just this cookie fix turned into a two hour, two hour adventure about learning, you know, about these great Dutch cookies that are made in the middle of Iowa and sold at gas stations along <laughs> I-35. Um, but yeah, it's about seizing those moments of who's in front of you and what they can share with you. And I think that's the thing that we really take for granted is travel is not just about the places that you see, but also really the people that are there. That's what makes your journey there and your travel there even more special. Even when you talk about, oh, I got this great coffee mug or whatever you might have picked up as a, as a souvenir, those memories that you have and these people that you met and these people that you can direct other people to go meet. If you're in town, go to this farmer's market and go see the cheese lady who's got roosters at her booth or whatever <laughs> it is, because it really is about those people. You're absolutely right. So now, Jared, what are you currently working on that is really exciting to you? Well, we're getting ready for round two of the makers. So we'll shut Rose and Loon and we'll open up with new makers from all over the Midwest. So that's exciting for me. And then in Roseville, the city of Roseville, which um, brought you here, uh, we're getting ready for a Puga Festival, which is an outside everything from axe throwing to inside cocoa bar and marshmallows and kind of celebrating what it is we love about Minnesota, but also getting warm and cozy. So that's kind of a cool festival we're doing. So that's a good one to think about if you're around or a good reason to come here. But really just a couple of things I can't talk about, but if you follow me, you'll know very, very soon uh, <laughs> some new things. So if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? They can find me probably the best places uh, on Instagram at Mr. Jared Scott, J-E-R-R-O-D Scott, or Rose and Loon is just if they want to see more about the makers that are in there, uh, that's at Rose and Loon on Instagram. My website is brandtabulous.com. Shoot me a message if you're coming to the cities. I'd be happy to, to direct you around or if you have time, we'll, we'll sit down for coffee and uh, I can tell you more about the cities and how you can lead an offbeat life like, like you encourage people to do. <laughs> if you are going to Minnesota, if you're planning to, definitely hit up Jared because he's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jared, for speaking with us today. I really appreciate it. For sure. It's been a joy. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jared. To find out more about Rose and Loon and how you can visit Roseville, Minnesota, you can go to cityofroseville.com for more information. Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast. Suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. 
Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you.